Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. <laughs> it's October 25th, 2018, and that means there's only two months left until Christmas. Today on the show, it's the ultimate holiday showdown. Halloween versus Christmas. Who will win? The answer might surprise you, but probably not. Also, we're going to put a twist on a classic holiday cookie recipe, talk about personalized Christmas ornaments, the possible return of Toys R Us, and we'll write another amazing Christmas TV movie. Okay, let's start the show! A holly jolly hello to you, my festive friend! Welcome to the podcast. I'm Tim Babb, comedian and full-time Yule Fool. And this is it. It's late October. We're about to turn that corner into Christmas season. Ain't no stopping us now. Christmas will be here before you know it. But in the meantime, I think we need a little Christmas. Now. We need a This tip is a recipe that comes courtesy of my lovely mother who let me borrow her copy of the Better Home and Garden's Best of Christmas Cookies, 2018 edition. It's hot off the newsstands, my friend. It's a magazine filled with pages and pages of cookie recipes that are perfect for bringing a little Christmas to your taste buds. There's even a whole section of the magazine just dedicated to cookies made with breakfast cereals. And I remembered something about podcasts having to do with cereal being very popular, so I'm sure this is going to rocket launch us into superstardom as we make Cinnamon Crunch Snickerdoodles. Wait a minute. What's up, imaginary listener who sounds kind of like Kermit the Frog? Didn't you already do a Snickerdoodle recipe on the show? Well, yeah, but that was over a year ago, and, and, and this, this one has Cinnamon Toast Crunch in it. But there's a bunch of recipes that aren't Snickerdoodles, even in the cereal cookie section. Couldn't you have picked one of those? Look. I love Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and this is an excuse for me to eat a bunch of it, so just let me have this. Fine, do your thing. Okay, first, let's get the ingredients. Okay, what you're going to need is one cup of butter, softened, one and a half cups of sugar, one teaspoon of baking soda, one teaspoon of cream of tartar, a fourth a teaspoon of salt, two eggs, one teaspoon of vanilla, three cups of all-purpose flour, Four and a half cups of sweetened Cinnamon Toast Crunch flavored wheat and rice. Come on. Come on. We know what you mean. You mean Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Get that business. And of course, one heaping helping of holiday cheer. So they say to put the butter in a bowl and beat it on medium for 30 seconds. And then you add the sugar, baking soda, cream of tartar, and salt. You keep beating it until it's all combined. I guess you got to scrape the bowl as needed. Then you beat in your eggs and your vanilla. Beat in the flour. Stir in one cup of the cereal, cover and chill for a half hour to an hour, or until the dough is easy to handle. Because sometimes that dough be hard to handle. You know what I'm talking about? The dough be like, hey man, I don't want you to handle me. It'd be like, hey man, handle your business dough. And the dough be like, don't. No? All right, so then preheat your oven to 375 degrees, put the rest of the cereal in a bag, and then crush it until it's little delicious cereal dust. Then shape the dough into a one and a fourth inch balls, roll the balls in the crushed cereal dust goodness, and then place two inches apart on an ungreased cookie sheet. 
Then bake for 10 to 12 minutes or until the bottoms are light brown, not dark brown. If it's dark brown, you gotta start all over. Then let it cool on the cookie sheet for about two minutes and then remove and cool on a wire rack. And this will make 48 servings of one cookie each. And now while I taste these, please enjoy a word from our sponsor. We don't have any sponsors. Aw, but I wanna eat the cookies. Too bad, Christmas boy. Fine, let's move on to our next segment, Five Golden Things. This time we're talking all about Christmas ornaments. Wait, didn't you do a top five list of ornaments earlier this year? Yes, but this time I'm not talking about just any old ornaments. I'm talking about the special ones. Is this a new episode or a rerun? Oh, hush. You see, a lot of ornaments on our tree these days are just there because either they look good or they were on sale at the store. But then there are those ornaments that are unique to our trees, our families, and our homes because we made them. Whether you do it yourself with some arts and crafts or you personalize one of the ornaments we have at the Can't Wait for Christmas Zazzle store, these are the things we do to really put our own stamp on Christmas. Here we go. Number five. A new pet. When a new dog or cat comes into your life, you definitely want to mark the occasion with an ornament. Maybe even take a picture of the little critter wearing a Santa hat. Slap Fido's first Christmas and the year on there and boom, you've got yourself a keepsake that you get to put on the tree every year to remember your special pal. Number four. Vacation. Did you go to Hawaii this year? The Grand Canyon? New York? Did you visit Paris? Sydney? Hobbiton? Tulsa? Austin? Oklahoma City? Seattle? San Francisco too? Oh, sorry. Shout out to Huey Lewis in the news, but wherever you went, you know you took pictures. And vacation pictures are always the best because you're so happy to be out of the house that everyone has a genuine smile on their face. Especially if you went to a Disney park. That photo you and your family took with Elsa, Spider-Man, Jack Sparrow, or the big cheese himself, Mickey, are great pictures to have on your tree for years to come. Plus, if you really enjoy that vacation, seeing it on an ornament is a good reminder to ask Santa if he can hook you up with a return visit. Number three. Graduation. This is a big one. Whether you've earned your degree, completed basic training, gotten your high school diploma, finished with the 8th grade, completed kindergarten, or even moved on from preschool, odds are there's a picture of you in a cap and gown type situation that would look great on your tree. And don't tell me that preschool graduations don't count because those are some adorable photos. Number two. Wedding. Speaking of great photos, your wedding day is filled with them. Even if you didn't get married near Christmas, those wedding photos look great on an ornament. Plus... Don't you remember how much you paid for that photographer? You should get your money's worth and turn those wedding pics into Christmas cheer. Honorable mentions! Death. Yeah. This is a rough one for a Christmas comedy podcast, but I had to include it. Remembering loved ones who have left us is something we all have to deal with sooner or later. Paying homage to them by making them a part of future Christmases is a lovely idea. They already take up some real estate in your heart. Why not give them a little real estate on your tree? Number one! New baby! And now, total reversal of emotions. When you bring a new life into this world, you can't wait to tell everyone. You're just snapping pictures like you're Peter Parker on assignment for the Daily Bugle. This one has the added bonus of getting better every year, because as your baby grows up, you start to kind of forget what they looked like as a baby. But then as you go to trim the tree each year, you'll pull out this baby photo ornament and go, Oh, look how widow you were! Oh, my precious widow baby! Now, one drawback to that is your kids will hate this! But you know what? They're about to get a bunch of toys, so they can deal with it. And that's our list. Have any other life events or situations that you think would make good ornaments? Let us know in the comments at Facebook or at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. 
Or you can head on over to our Zazzle store where we've got several type of ornaments for you to drop your photos into and put one of these memories on your own tree. Or you could just use construction paper, a photo printout, and glue and do it yourself. You're absolutely right. That kind of doubles as a little Christmas Now activity, because, you know, you could make the ornaments as a family, right? I don't know, man. I'm just trying to undercut your crass commercialization of this podcast. Well, mission accomplished. Now we can move forward and backward at the same time. What? We're going to let you have your say about our previous episode as we hear a little feedback from our last show. Messages from listeners everywhere. Feedback on our last show. Feedback on our last show. So, last episode, Jeff from the Nostalgia Podcast graced us with his five favorite versions of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And it was awesome. And I can say that without being biased because he put that together all on his own. I had no hand in his part of that show. So, I'm just so grateful that he did that for us. And I see that it inspired a few of you to chime in with your favorite versions of that song. For instance, Amy posted on her Facebook page, Can I add this honorable mention for best version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas? And she put a link to the version by Bert and Ernie from Sesame Street. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on. Our troubles will be out of sight. Brian also added to the version by the Looney Tunes. Have yourself a Looney Tunes, mistletoe, may soon be ho ho ho, absolutely never gloomy Christmas with us. On the flowy cheeks are rosy, and the glowing so get cozy. Kiss an elf, you'll have yourself a Looney Christmas. And finally, a Tim. Babe? B-A-B-B? Not sure how to pronounce that. But Tim suggested the version by John Denver and Rolf from The Muppets. Hang a shining star upon the highest bough And have yourself a merry little Christmas Good picks all. Thanks for writing in. Speaking of writing in, let's open up Santa Bab's mailbag. Santa Bab, he is gonna read some emails from you, or tweets, or Facebook messages to Santa Bab, he is opening up his mailbag tonight. Before we start with the letters, like to remind you, now is a great time to leave a review for this show at iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Remember, if you leave a review and then email me at christmasattancast.com, I will send you a button with Santa on it saying, is it Christmas yet? And on the bottom it says, can't wait for Christmas podcast. So leave those reviews. But in the meantime, let's get to the mailbag. This was actually meant to be part of our feedback from our last show a few episodes back, but due to a filing error on my part, we're just getting to it now. Sorry about that. It's from Ron, and it's in response to the episode where I talked about Christmas of 1983, and among the things I covered was it was the very first televised Disney's Very Merry Christmas Parade. So now you're up to speed, and we can read Ron's letter. Happy third anniversary, and I love your show. Look forward to it each month. Thanks for the entertaining show. After your anniversary show, I remembered that my beautiful wife Donna and I were on the 1988 Very Merry Disney Christmas Parade from Disneyland. 
We had gotten there as they were filming it in early November. Scott Valentine from Family Ties went down the row of people asking them to scream to ride Splash Mountain. After Lisa, an actress that was supposed to be there, screamed, he went to my wife, standing to my right. She let out a blood-curdling scream and Scott said his line, not bad. The director yells, cut, and asked him to do it again. This time, Scott came to me after Lisa. I could have let out a real scream, but I thought I'd go for the funny. Always go for the funny, but I don't need to tell you this. Because I knew that his line was going to be, not bad. And it got a laugh. I think the reason Scott chose Donna and I was because we were wearing Mickey Mouse sunglasses. Donna also looked very cute wearing her I Believe in Santa Claus sweatshirt and garland in her hair. I searched for years for this clip. Then Dave from Nostalgia found it and sent it to me, which I was very thankful for. By the by, yes, my Christmas tree is still up from last year. I may need to dust the ornaments soon, though. Thanks again. Keep doing the funny. Always go for the funny. Well, thanks for sharing that story, Ron. I hope you've had a chance to dust your ornaments. And by the way, he even sent the YouTube clip. Let's take a listen to Ron and his wife, Donna, at the 1988 Disney's Very Merry Christmas Parade. Uh, how about this guy right here with Mickey on, huh? Now, you know this last drop is about five stories down. Can you handle it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? And uh, let's hear your Splash Mountain scream. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Well, sir, obviously the choice is going to be a tough one. Why don't we go back to you in the parade, and when we come back, I'll have the people all picked out. Awesome. Thanks again, Ron. And that was indeed not bad. One more letter before we move on to our feature today, and it's from Todd, who sent me a link to a news story. So technically, this is part of our news segment. All I want for Christmas is news. Baby, all I want for Christmas is news. Yeah. Give me that news, baby. Yeah, news. So this concerns Toys R Us. Back in March, we did a whole episode on the rise and fall of this toy store chain. By the summer, they were gone. But apparently, not quite. At an event called Dallas Toy Preview, Jeffrey the Giraffe showed up wearing a cape that said, Back from Vacation. Apparently, the company that owns the intellectual property, the Toys R Us name, as well as Jeffrey's name and likeness, have decided not to auction off those assets and essentially use them to reboot the brand as Jeffrey's Toy Box. And from the sounds of it, they are hoping to be in stores this November. And by in stores, I literally mean they would somehow open up mini stores inside existing stores. They haven't said which stores or how such lunacy would work, but here's my hot take on this. Yes, I have a lot of nostalgia for Toys R Us, and I would love to see it come back from oblivion. But this just seems unfair. Thousands of Toys R Us employees lost their jobs this year with no severance. And the companies that bought out Toys R Us a few years back with a leveraged buyout that saddled the brand with billions in debt now get to ditch all that debt and go back to making money using the assets? I feel like I must be missing a step here, and I fully admit I haven't been able to find enough facts out to have a fully informed opinion, but this seems like a raw deal to me. Hey, Scrooge, I thought this was supposed to be a comedy podcast. Quit bumming us out! Right you are, sir. Let's move on to our feature segment. With October 31st coming ever closer, I wanted to talk a little bit about that other major holiday of the back half of the year, Halloween. For some reason, Christmas and Halloween seem to be pitted against each other. They are the Marvel and DC of holidays, so I thought we might spend a little time comparing and contrasting these two mighty holidays. Let's start off with food. Both holidays are known for giving you license to eat. But while Christmas, you've got a full turkey dinner or maybe ham. We've got mashed potato stuffing. Halloween is all about that candy. 
and they keep putting that candy out in stores earlier and earlier. You think Christmas creep is bad? What business do I have buying a big bag of fun-sized Kit Kats in early September? I'm going to eat them little buggers before it's even officially autumn, baby. There's also the dark side of food, the gross stuff. Christmas has fruitcake, and Halloween has candy corn. I don't know what it is about candy corn, but you love it as a kid. But then at some point, a switch flips in your brain as you grow up. And one Halloween, you put candy corn in your mouth and you're like, What is this? What is happening? Candy corn has betrayed me! Or maybe you still like it. I don't know. But I feel like most adults think it's gross. Then there's pumpkin seeds. Now these aren't gross, but the work-reward ratio is all out of whack. You gotta scrape them out of the pumpkin, clean off all that pumpkin goo, dry them out, salt them up, put them in the oven, say an incantation to invoke the spirit of Michael Myers, and then finally you get to have a snack. Bad news is, it took you so long that it's actually Veterans Day now. Moving on to our next category, decorations. Break the halls with bones and spiders, la 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 Christmas decorations are bright and colorful with twinkling lights, wreaths, trees, all sorts of merry delights. Halloween decorations are obviously a lot spookier, but there's no real rules, so you can make a silly display or a scary display or anything in between. Skeletons, ghosts, zombies, monsters, witches, vampires, pirates, aliens, spiders, bats, rats, so many ways to Halloweenify your house, and we haven't even gotten to the main one, the jack-o'-lantern. I feel like when I was a kid, all jack-o'-lanterns were pretty much the same. Triangles for the eyes and nose, a crooked smile with one or two teeth tops. Now they got these pumpkin carving toolkits and stencils where you can chisel Freddy Krueger's face into the pumpkin with all kinds of crazy detail. Just like how Christmas lights used to be just a few strings of lights tacked onto your roof, and now it's all inflatables and programmable LEDs, laser lights, progress has definitely been made for both these holidays in the last few decades. Next up, music. On the surface, Christmas is Halloween beat hands down. Christmas has so many wonderful songs, and there's not really such a thing as a Halloween carol. But just like Christmas swallowed up songs that weren't necessarily written for Christmas, like Jingle Bells or Winter Wonderland, Halloween has snatched up some songs of its own, like Ghostbusters, Monster Mash, and of course, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Then there's a theme to John Carpenter's Halloween, or the song This is Halloween from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Which leads us straight into our next category, movies and TV specials. Was a long time ago, longer now than it seems, in a place that perhaps you've seen in your dreams. For the story that you are about to be told began with the holiday worlds of old. Now you've probably wondered where holidays come from. If you haven't, I'd say it's time you begun. Christmas and Halloween share The Nightmare Before Christmas, but Christmas has so many movies. It's a Wonderful Life, The Santa Claus, White Christmas, Miracle on 34th Street, and more tellings of a Christmas carol than you can shake a stick at. But Halloween is a bit different. There aren't that many movies about Halloween. Like, there's that Michael Myers movie that's been rebooted and resequelized like a bajillion times, but Halloween is kind of lucky in the movie department. Because a movie doesn't have to be about Halloween to be a Halloween movie. There's no need to argue like we did for Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Pretty much, if it's a horror movie, you're good to show it at your Halloween party. Same is true for TV specials. Sure, Christmas has Rudolph, Frosty, and The Grinch, but for Halloween, you can just binge watch The Twilight Zone, Stranger Things, American Horror Story, or The Bachelor. The Bachelor? What? Am I the only one who finds that show incredibly creepy? Hmm... But Christmas and Halloween each have the distinction of having a classic Peanuts special. It's a Charlie Brown Christmas, and it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. Good grief, that's some entertainment. 
And that leads me into my next topic, celebrating in the off-season. Thank you, Santa Claus, for bringing your cheer. Please hurry back. We can't wait till next year. Outside of places like this podcast, there are not a lot of opportunities to celebrate Christmas when it's not Christmas time. I mean, they give us a pass for Christmas in July, but that's about it. But you can crank up one of those horror movies any day of the year and no one will bat an eye. You can even throw a costume party anytime to get some more use out of that Halloween costume. And is there ever a time when it's not appropriate to eat candy? Candy time is any time! Does that mean we can have candy now? What? No! How'd you boys get in the Christmas cave? Wait, you said candy time was any time. Alright, you two, back to bed. Candy! 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 candy. Okay, well, speaking of kids, let's turn to my favorite subject, Disneyland! I've talked before about how beautiful Disneyland is at Christmas time. They decorate the whole park, the characters get special costumes, there's a Christmas parade, and a Christmas fireworks show. They even put overlays in some of the rides to make them Christmas themed. Well, they do all that and more for Halloween. Space Mountain becomes Ghost Galaxy. Mickey and the gang have special Halloween outfits. There's a parade of Disney villains and a Halloween fireworks show. What's more, they have special events at nighttime where they close off the park. So only people who have tickets for these ticketed events are allowed in. And there are stations to trick-or-treat for the kids, a bunch of chances to take your pictures with characters you don't normally see in the park, like the hitchhiking ghosts. Which is funny, because during Halloween, the hitchhiking ghosts aren't in the Haunted Mansion at all, because the folks from The Nightmare Before Christmas have taken over the mansion, and they're not leaving until well after Christmas. And that circles us back around to Christmas and Halloween sharing the spotlight again. I love this. To me, they're like chocolate and peanut butter, two great tastes that taste great together. But some Halloween fans can be downright hostile to Christmas folk. One example that just happened as I was writing this episode, a pal of mine, Adrian, posted on his Facebook, As we inch closer to the end of October, my arms open wider for the sweet embrace of Christmas. That seems perfectly fine, right? Well, not to some of his friends who felt the need to shout him down with stuff like, Too soon! And boo! And I'm not done celebrating Halloween yet! Halloween friends, listen to me. The fact that I'm starting to celebrate Christmas early does not change your Halloween. I'm going to celebrate Christmas. How does that affect you? Did you think I was going to run over to your house and rip down all your spooky decorations, throw your pumpkin in the trash, and start throwing tinsel around? No! I'm doing it at my place. The same goes for people who complain about Christmas stuff being in the store too early. What's it to you? Just don't go down that aisle. I mean, Target has a whole section dedicated to pet food and supplies. Do I complain because I don't currently have a pet? No, that'd be ridiculous. And that's the whole point. Hey, Tim. Stop being so worried about what other people are doing. Tim. If you like Halloween so much, great. Enjoy it. Go nuts. Tim. But don't tell me that I can't start whistling jingle bells until you deem it late enough in the year to do so. Tim. What is it? Uh, I'm trying to find my soapbox and it's nowhere around. Have you seen it? Soapbox? Oh, I, I seem to be standing on it. Yeah, I noticed. Could you get off the soapbox now, please? Well played, frog voice. I guess what I'm saying is in the fight of Christmas versus Halloween, the winner is there shouldn't be a winner. They shouldn't be fighting. Halloween, Christmas is not your enemy. Both are holidays with pagan roots that were co-opted by Christianity, involve food, decorations, and family. People will try to tell you they're for kids, but they're for everyone who wants to get in the spirit. So Halloween, don't be threatened by Christmas. Take a cue from Jack Skellington and embrace all the holidays you can. May Jack's ghostly presence now follow you home 
and stay in your heart wherever you may roam. For now you know what happens when holidays meet. You might get a trick or a holiday treat. <laughs> Besides, if you want to fight, why don't you stay tuned for our next feature, Who Sang It Best? Last time we were comparing two versions of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, thanks to our good friend Jeff from the Nostalgia Podcast. We pitted his favorite version, the one by Christina Aguilera, against the guy who was the topic of that show's feature, Andy Williams. And it was a slaughter. I am so sorry, Jeff, but the people have spoken and spoken loudly. Williams crushed Aguilera 95% to 5%. I think that's the most lopsided result we've had in the history of who sang it best. In fairness, Andy Williams' nickname was Mr. Christmas. Kind of hard to compete with that. Well, thanks everyone for voting, and we'll see if we can come up with a more even matchup in our next Who Sang It Best. Before we go, it's time for your people to call my people, babe. We're going to do a big Hollywood meeting as you help us write a Christmas TV movie with all the hallmarks of a great Christmas movie. We've been doing this all year. We all love those Christmas movies on the Hallmark Channel, even if they can get a little predictable. So I thought, what if we could just write our own? So I stripped out some of the main details and asked you to fill them in. I posted on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram looking for a vacation destination, a state, a place to stay, a Christmas-related noun, an adjective, and a regular noun. I only posted a few days before this episode dropped, so thank you to our friends who stepped up in a hurry. So thank you to Tom, Simon, Luke, Sean, Jen, Weston, Vic, Michael, Linda, Sherry, Leslie, April, Arthur, Brian, Paul, Barrett, Robert, Alvin, Andrew, Charlotte, Lindsay, Jolly, Laura, and Marcus. Between all of you, you guys came up with Vegas, Vermont, Yurt, Mistletoe, Robust, and Xylophone. Put that all together and you get the next guaranteed Christmas rating smash hit, the Mistletoe Yurt. When workaholic April is forced to take a two-week holiday vacation, she's excited to learn that she has won a radio contest and a trip to Vegas for Christmas. However, it turns out the vacation is in Vegas, Vermont. Upon her arrival at Vegas, Vermont's most enchanting destination, the Mistletoe Yurt, she'll have to get used to the kind of holiday cheer she has purposely avoided in Christmas's past. When another guest at the lodge, Simon, the robust stranger who has rubbed her the wrong way since they first met, finally breaks the ice with her, April not only begins to relax, but becomes the driving force behind a campaign to save the struggling yurt, whose promised mistletoe is nowhere to be found. In so doing, April learns about the power of kindness, xylophones, and love when you least expect it. I gotta say, as soon as I saw yurt, I knew this was gonna be comedy gold. Thanks again to everybody who chimed in. And if you want to get in on the next one, be sure to follow us on Twitter at ChristmasPod, Instagram, Can't Wait for Christmas Pod, and on Facebook, Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. We're actually getting close to 500 likes on our Facebook page. I don't know what that means, but it's a nice round number. So if you haven't liked us on Facebook, please do so and tell a friend. Or 25. Speaking of round numbers, as of this recording, we are just a few away from 100 Apple Podcast reviews. Remember, if you leave a review and then email me at christmas at tancast.com, I'll send you an Is It Christmas Yet button from our Zazzle store. Speaking of our Zazzle store, you'll find the link to those ornaments I mentioned earlier in the show notes of this episode at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. You'll also find the recipe for the Cinnamon Toast Crunch Snickerdoodles. And that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back on November 25th, but check your feed a few days early on Thanksgiving. I believe we'll have a special treat for you. Mm-hmm. Cryptic mystery. Okay, get out there and play nice with the Halloween folks, and until next time, keep
keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2018. Oh. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on iTunes, or we're available on Stitcher and Google Play as well. If you'd like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, bumper stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas merchandise all year long. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can'twaitforchristmaspod. Or on Twitter, we are at christmaspod. Or you could always send us an email directly at christmas at tancast.com. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Tancast Podcast Network. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the Accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Kristen Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. (laughs) I will go hang my keys up so that I stop jingle jangling while I'm trying to record, because I don't want to have to edit out all my jingle jangles. I've got keys that jingle, jangle, jingle. I'm in a singing mood this morning. A holly jolly hello to you, my festive friend. Welcome to the podcast. I... No, all right. Let's calm down. Whew. I want to come at you with false energy right off the top. It's got to be genuine energy. Genergy. Genuergy? Something like that. And I don't have the recipe book, so I've got to go over here and grab it. And now I've got it. And now it's got... That's the story of Tim grabbing the recipe book. Oh, 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 Sorry, I realized that since this recipe only exists in this book, which you can only get on newsstands now, Better Home and Garden's Special Interest Publications Best of Christmas Cookies, 2018 edition. Anyway, since there's no way for me to put the recipe online, I'm going to actually text-to-speak myself saying it, then I can just post that on the website, and then you can have the recipe and the instructions, and you can make these cookies at home. And won't that be delicious? And why am I starting to talk like Mrs. Doubtfire? Hello! Okay, where I don't even remember where I was. Oh, that's right, right, right. A little Christmas now. Okay, first, let's get the ingredients. So I decided not to rewrite the recipe for my show notes, so I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna read it out of the magazine. Uh, but my notes in the show notes read, "Do it live." Funny to me. But then there are those ornaments that are unique to our trees, our families, and our homes. <laughs> but then there are those ornaments that are unique to our trees, our families, and our homes. <coughs> I don't know why I can't say the sentence. <coughs>
Tim suggested the version by John Denver and Ralph from the Muppets. I called him Ralph. His name is Rolf. Okay. So, Michael, you say, does that mean we can have candy now? Does that mean we can have candy now? And then, James, you say, but you said candy time was any time. But you said candy time was any time. And now both of you go, candy, 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 candy. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Candy. All right, all right. It's not really happening. This is just for the show. Candy, candy, candy. What have I done? Candy, candy, candy. All right. Thank you, Mike.